ever dreamt of quitting your job and traveling the world? Like most people, we did too, and even tried it out. We're sharing our journey with a podcast and a blog. Welcome to Live Let Rome, a travel podcast. I'm Christy. And this is Eric. Join us on our travel adventures as we look to educate and inspire you to travel more and get the most out of each travel experience. Welcome to episode 18 of Live Let Rome. We are exploring our last two cities in Turkey. One, lesser known Shana Kale, and the other, the iconic representation of Turkey, Istanbul. Now, when we were planning our trip and where we want to go, I definitely wanted to hit Turkey. Eric was in at some points and out on others. Couple things that determined that apprehension, I would call it, was part of those volume destinations and feeling like a place like Istanbul was so touristy that we wouldn't want to be spending time there, right? Right. And part of Live Let Rome, our philosophy on travel is the hitting those mid-level tiered cities and not the big, large, bustling cities. And we've lived in those types of cities. So Shanakali was more a tier down, a little bit more sleepy, easy to navigate. In fact, I don't think we took a bus or any public transportation once we arrived. It was really walking, so it made it nice. And Istanbul, we'll talk about the public transportation, put that on ice, but Mm -hmm. not the smoothest experience. I think I sold you on Shanakale when I told you about what we can do and what it looks like and the cost there. A little bit later, we'll talk about some cost savings in these large tourist cities by staying on outskirts. Absolutely. Where are we? Shanakale is located at the narrowest part of the Dardanelles Strait in the northwestern coast of Turkey. If you head east through the Straits, through the Sea of Marmara, Istanbul straddles the Bosphorus Strait in both the Europe and Asia continents. Population Shanakale is just over 195,000, which is equivalent to the U.S. city of Providence, Rhode Island. One of my former hometowns. Oh, that is. Yeah. Yeah, good Italian food there too, by the way. Istanbul, on the other hand, is not only the largest city in Turkey with over 15.46 million, but also is the largest European city and the seventh largest city in the world. And combined population of Istanbul is equivalent to the New England U.S. region, which includes Connecticut, Maine, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, and Rhode Island. So pretty big. Yes, we left out Vermont, but, you know, I had to to make the math work. That's for skiing. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Time for some quick facts. Shanakali is the closest city to visit the ancient city of Troy, famed in the Greek mythology written by Homer in the Iliad and the Odyssey. It's also pretty close to visit the World War I sites and the memorials at Gallipoli. Shanakali has been a strategic harbor city throughout history due to its position on the Dardanelles Strait. Istanbul is the only pan-continental city in the world on the European and Asian continents. Istanbul was once the capital city of three major empires, the Eastern Roman Empire, 
the Byzantine Empire, and the Ottoman Empire, although the modern capital of Turkey is actually in Ankara. Istanbul also boasts the third oldest subway in the world. to get around. Istanbul is one of the easiest and cheapest cities to navigate directly to by plane. It's also a great jumping off point for exploring lesser known cities like Shanakale. There are many public transport options including buses, trams, trains, and ferries. Now to talk about the public transport, the biggest thing I would say that was the bump and arrow that made it the hardest was Getting the Istanbul card. Every city has their own metro card that you can navigate through, and that's your ticket to get it. Once you get it, you reload it with money. Super easy. Istanbul was one of those cities that became the hardest, right, Eric? It's on my um, highlights and lowlights, actually. (laughs) (laughs) It's that bad. I mean, it's the worst public transit system I've ever experienced in over 100, 200 cities I've ever visited. So just know that going in there, figure out a way, plan to have research, different types of bills, make sure you're nice to people, make sure you find friends to help you translate. It is the most confusing public transportation system I've ever experienced in the world. Okay, once we had the card, it was easy. It was just navigating the the thing that we talk (laughs) about, and I think we've talked about in pretty much an episode of Turkey, is the language issues. To get assistance is often tougher And plus, where we were staying, which we'll talk about in the next section, was in a less touristic place. So I think that also had a factor. But the big issue that we're kind of dancing around was it took us over an hour to figure out how to get a basic card and load it with a proper amount of money. There was a whole bunch of scenarios where one machine didn't work. We can only buy a card from a certain machine, but it didn't take this bill. This bill was too high. This bill was too little. This amount wasn't enough. It was like Goldilocks and the three M and F and bears. And <laughs> I was nearly crying at one point because I was frustrated, but I was like, we got to do this because I didn't come to Istanbul to not see the blue mosque and all the stuff. So we muscled up, got through it. The biggest tip I can give you here is have smaller bills, Turkish lira, and that's how you load your Istanbul card. Yeah, it's absolutely must, but not coins. They don't take coins and nothing over whatever the $20 yeah. bill is. It has to be the paper. Like a small $5 bill. You can't put bill. coins. You can't. Who knew that? Yeah. It was just, like I said, it was Goldilocks and the Three Bears. We had to figure it out. We had Maybe a couple, a handful, maybe one really, really nice woman who tried to help yes, us. Very nice people, but the systems. Hard. We finally got through after an hour and then, you know, we took some deep breaths and still enjoyed the rest yeah, of our day. It worked out, but pain in the rear. A little pain in the butt. As for Shanakale, you got it real easy here. Once you take the bus and the ferries, the combo, the quickest to get there, you pretty much can walk to oh, wherever everywhere. you need to. If you want to take cab or dolmas, you can do that. But pretty much, it's such a really chill city. You're just going to like staying near the marina through a nice section of the city. And you're going to be able to walk around and do most of the things you want to do. Yeah, super easy. And that's a big reason why we stayed more days in Shanakali is exactly what we thought it would be. Is Istanbul was a little bit of a mix-up, mash-up, confusing big city where Shanakali was that laid-back 
Still with the structure of a city, but easily to walk and enjoy. Where we stayed and for how long? As we mentioned at the top of the show, we chose to spend the longer time, one week, in Shanakali to take a break from the circus of a big city. In Shanakali, we stayed east of the Simenilik Castle for about $30 a night. It was a 10-minute walk to the Trojan Horse and the coast, and it was easily accessible to several shops. In Istanbul, all the research told us to stay on the Asian side of the city. With Istanbul mentioning at the top, super touristy, to get those deals, you're going to have to go outside the tourist box. The section that we ended up staying in was the Katakoi area. Now, we stayed three nights in Katakoi for about $33 a night. And it was enough time for us to get a little taste of the major sites, and we can easily take the public transport to the main center. Once we figured the card system out, then it was easy. <laughs> exactly. But we really did enjoy the Catacore area. We had lots of different entertainment options and shopping just to explore in that area. And went and saw a movie. Yeah. What movie we saw? Maverick. Maverick! Yeah! <laughs> I know, of course. With the commercial break in the middle, which was hilarious. Oh, that was great. I forgot about that. Time to talk about our standout moment. So we're going to start off with Shanakale first. Now, Shanakale is not a city that I grew up knowing what the heck that even was. But the reason why I wanted to visit here was something that I was extremely passionate about from when I was a little girl, and that was the ancient city of Troy. That was the reason that brought me here. I knew I had to be here. It was something that was a dream come true. And what I can best say about this is one of those things that really engaged me about reading and stories when you're in high school a lot of people like the little slappy little dramas and all that. For me, it was when they handed over the Iliad and the Odyssey that got my mind ablaze. And that's something that sparked my imagination for many years to come. And the idea of the thought of being able to visit a place like this was something that was, wow, you can really do these things? Kind of probably sparked that little light of, I have to travel. And this is a place you can actually visit. It's a short bus ride from downtown Shanakale, probably about 15 minutes or so. And there's a very cool museum that explains the history of the city with some great artifacts. Yeah, it was absolutely interesting, cool. I liked how it had an inside museum. So the element of a, it was about three, four stories. There was a round museum. You walk up to the top and there's artifacts and little movies and shows. Mm -hmm. But I actually really enjoyed the outside around museum. There was uh, flowers and rosemary bushes and it just, it felt really cool outside. Like you felt like you were something, there was nothing around there too. So it was a museum in the middle of nowhere, but 
the grounds were really nice too. Yeah, and in terms of the ruins, there is a couple places where you can actually see it. But what the museum does is help kind of give you a full picture of the history and about what the time they can estimate where somewhere like a major battle such as the Trojan War would have happened. And it does this through a variety of medias. So it does have some artifacts of the different time periods, but it also has some great animated illustration. I like the, if you remember, there was like the mm-hmm. gods in the Greek myths that came mm-hmm. from storytelling. There was these people that reenacted that told the story or told clippets of where the city of Troy was mentioned in these famous novels. And I thought that was a really great way of making history more tangible for a variety of different folks. Yeah, they put some they put some money in the design of the museum. It was uh, really interesting and good. And, and it's separate from the ancient area where the ruins were. And it gives you the cinematic presence. And the other cinematic feel that I had is when you go outside, I know you mentioned there was a little garden and bushes. For me, my brain goes to pop culture and movies. And the best way I can explain of what it kind of felt like to me was in the scene in Gladiator when he's, I think he had passes or he dreams when he's almost dying. He dreams of rolling his hands through the wheat fields. And it's kind of this sepia tone, dusty color and this just concentrated blue sky. And that is what it actually looked if, like. It felt like you were in that movie, exactly. Yeah. Like walking around, whether it be Gladiator or the Trojan movie, yeah. Yeah, so it had that very tangible feel that you can feel like you can be part of some of these cinematic moments. Yeah, it was very unique. Hey, a little tip if visiting the site of Troy. There really isn't anywhere to eat out there, just so you might want to pack a lunch or eat a big breakfast before. But that was one thing I recall. I think we got an ice cream. I think there was that one ice cream place. But yeah, either eat before or after there's nothing around there to eat. Now, the other thing that was a great standout moment comes from cinema, and that is the Trojan horse. Overlooking the waterfront, it's one of these major cornerstones of what you're going to visit here is the prop, the Trojan horse from the 2004 movie, Troy. That's starring Brad Pitt, Orlando Bloom, and some other, you know, other folks in there, yada, yada, yada. The Trojan (laughs) horse is the thing to see. And when I say this horse is pretty cool in person, it's an understatement. Movie magic at its finest. I think in terms of representing this Trojan horse, which there was a Trojan horse at the ancient city of Troy... But paled in comparison to this. Paled into comparison. Look like a hobby horse of a seesaw. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm not knocking people, but look like a hobby horse. You get to see this one from the movie prop, and you get a real feeling of, oh, I can see a bunch of guys hiding in here, coming out, and being this impressive sculpture. It made it a reality where a lot of times. You didn't think of it, the previous yeah, version. The Shanakali Trojan horse definitely was a sight to see, and it's really stunning. You walk, you see it, and you just stop and start taking pictures. It's that cool. They give you the same history, little snippets of the different histories of Troy. One, two, three, to what all these numbers, to get a taste of that history. Anything else that stood out for you, Eric? Yeah, as far as Shanakali, again, I talked about how it was a very low-stress, walkable city. I really liked that. It was very relaxed. It was one of the few places we didn't take any public transportation in the city itself. We walked everywhere. Along the waterfront is probably the best place to stay and eat and shop. And so I really enjoyed that. There was these bakeries in the morning that I also liked. They made the smimit, 
which is their version of a sesame bagel, the Turkish bagel. They're very large. They're probably uh, eight, nine inches in diameter with a very large circle as opposed to the small New York bagel. But they're just as tasty and they're really full of sesame seeds, which are really good. So every morning I'd pick up a couple of those, have them with coffee, and it was just really tasty. So I like that. In Shanakali, especially where we stayed, was in the Arts District. And I've never seen so many ceramic shops. They're making the ceramics right there in these shops. There must have been well, what, that's what, 40 shops right there. Like, yeah, we learned that Shanakale, that city, is known for its ceramics and its pottery. And it's been known historically for that. You can get to see some of those artisan pieces, some replicas of the Trojan horse, and some other different cute little creatures too yeah, as well. So the area where we stayed is the ceramic district. I would totally recommend the place... And the apartment we stayed at was really nice and chill. So completely different from both Istanbul and Izmir. Shanakali is a 180 difference. So I really, and there were some and I like cats that. waiting out there too There as were. Well. Yeah, yeah, cats would come out when we come out every morning. The other thing that I really liked was the side trips that we did take. We just talked about Troy. Uh, we'll talk about Gallipoli. We took a boat ride to Gallipoli. It's off the coast there. Really nice. Just even if you don't go to the museum in Gallipoli, you just want to get on the boat. It was like a dollar or 50 cents. And the ride itself was really unique and interesting and just kind of an experience all to itself. In Gallipoli, we did go to the museum. There's no English. <laughs> it was the movie was well, all in Turkish. It was mainly Turkish museum, but it's basically explained the situation at Anzac Day and and for us U.S. folks, it's not as resonant for us. We don't know as much about it, but it's really good to learn about it. Well, it was all in Turkish, though, so we couldn't learn about it even if we wanted to. Just but watch was... the Mel Gibson movie, right? <laughs> Gallipoli, right? That's the, yeah, watch the movie, which I did before we visited the site. But anyway, you'll learn more from the movie than you will the museum. But the boat ride there was really cool. Okay. The other weird thing that I would like to point out is at this point, we mentioned that we're here probably towards the end of June. Of course, what's happening at that time is the war in Ukraine. And this is where we got our first little taste of, hey, we're kind of close now. And I don't know, this was our guesstimation. But when we were in Shanakale and Berndirma, which is where the ferry stops off, we saw fighter jets flying overhead. And I remember at this time, it was when they were negotiating the shipping straits because mm -hmm. that strait of Shanakali, I mentioned, is a really strategic strait. That's basically how all the food and grain gets in to Ukraine through that strait. It's a major shipping port. And Turkey was negotiating on behalf of Ukraine and Russia to be the mediator. And I think that's... It was the export of grain out of Ukraine. Yeah, they're the great producer of grain, and they want to ship out as part of their yes. e economy. Just correction there. Yeah, there was fighter jets. They were flying low, and they were loud. I, uh, so it was a little interesting. It was like, whoa, what was that? Anyway, it was a little unique.
second up is Istanbul. First impressions, Eric, of Istanbul. Busy. Busy and uh, lots of sights and smells You and were sounds. super jazzed about it, right? Well, Excited. Well, I got to talk about the arrival because I re- actually really, really enjoyed our arrival. Mm-hmm. We were traveling by ferry on, from Bandirma. It was about a two-hour ride. I sat on the outside of the boat and I filmed arrival of Istanbul and there's these mosques off the Bosphorus. And from the film From Russia with Love, it really felt like James Bond again sitting on this boat and seeing these mosques in the water and and scrolling by. So Mm -hmm. the arrival was amazing. When we docked and we got out, that's when the chaos kind of ensued. It's just trying to navigate to our uh, hotel was walkable because I think it was, what, about a half mile or not too far, but it was windy roads and just interesting to try to find it. But it was cool. It was a cool arrival. My first impressions is... Really lots of people and buy stuff. That's the biggest theing I can say. And I'm a New York City girl, so I kind of get it. But it's like that up a notch, which I didn't think you can really up a notch. But I guess you can. That was what I would say. Like, I'm prepared for that. I used to say, call it getting my New York brain on when you're in that mode of, you know, there's going to be a lot of close people contact. You're going to have to move fast. You're going to have to find a destination relatively quickly and know that you're going to be competing with a lot of different tourists and different folks. You did a great job though, finding our hotel, like just off GPS and you downloaded the map before we arrived, which is you taught me, download the map. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you really got us from this boat port to our Airbnb, our hotel, really seamlessly and it was like looking at it again i was like that was pretty good because it was it's a little it's istanbul it's pretty difficult to navigate you did mm-hmm. a great job on that so well, that was thank cool you. thank you it, yeah i'm glad we arrived in a hotel it was nice it was a cool area i was like we picked the right area katakoi yeah and that's something that we talked about where we stayed and that's probably one of our standout moments but i'll get to it my top standout moment in istanbul would be visiting Topkapi palace Topkapi Palace was once a main residence of the sultans until the 17th century. It now houses a museum and it's full of great iconic things, ancient artifacts, and wonderful mosaics and architecture. It was really amazing and by far my top standout moment. I agree with you on Istanbul. What I like though were the sweeping views of the gardens. This palace is really up on the hilltop. You get just such a bird's eye view of the entire city. That's what I liked about it. And the gardens itself, just to to relax. So you have the museums and you have the gardens, you have the view. So it's a great first full day we went. Mm -hmm. And I would recommend that, right? It gives you an orientation to the city. Yeah, Uh, I believe it's the, I would feel it's the number one thing to do because it just gives you so much history. It's a most impressive mosque in the center. It just gives you the full meal deal. I think we discover (laughs) full meal deal. It gives you, there's a a 60s movie that takes place about like a mystery caper and it's called Top Copy too. Oh, I'll have to watch that. Yeah, I think I watched a little bit. She's a really cool green Jess that I love in that movie. Anyway, besides the point, the palace itself, beautiful gardens. There's views onto the city that you're going to see the Blue Mosque and the downtown and the historic center wonderful from there and it's definitely i would say my number one not to miss if you go to istanbul if you're going to do one thing i would do the palace yeah and then the other thing people do is the blue mosque now we had to do the blue mosque because everybody talks about it when i say in comparison top copy if you had to pick one or the other go to top copy absolutely blue mosque at the time was under construction 
So a lot of the ceiling elements were barred and you really couldn't see it. And there was such a congestion of people filtering in that it kind of felt a little bit too much. But you know, that's what you get. If you want to see these big things like seeing Rockefeller Center in New York at Christmas time, you can do these at least once. You've seen it. It's pretty impressive. I do say that. But Top Copy was definitely, hands down, my favorite. And the Blue Mosque, I think, was more impressive from the outside. I wouldn't even chose not to go in again, right? It was, there. well, it was under construction in, in all seriousness. But we've been to other mosques in Casablanca and other mm. places that I think were more impressive, both inside and out. So I'm not ripping on the Blue Mosque, but for the long wait and the hype around it, I just think take a picture from the outside and go eat some good food and go to the palace. I think you'll have a better time. And the other standout moment we mentioned is where we stayed, which was Katakoi. I want to say there's a couple different cities that sound very similar. Like there's a Karakoi that is on the Istanbul side. I'm talking Kadikoi with a D. And I say this specifically because it is a little bit confusing. What we really like from this area is that you felt a little bit of more authenticity. This was also a little bit more affordable for some folks that are living around there. But also for folks like us that don't want to spend top dollar to stay right next to the Blue Mosque. Because to be honest, how much time do you actually spend in your room too, right? It, it's more about a place to sleep. It's You want it clean, safe, in a good area. And Katakoi hit those marks. And what's nice, we arrived by ferry from Shanakali, but this would be a great day trip if you stayed in this area to take that ferry to Shanakali for a couple days or a day. So it'd be nice for that. Yeah, really like Katakoi. Yeah, and Istanbul had a lot of different things. We only touched the surface. If we were there longer, there's lots of different ferries and options that jump to different points of the city. We didn't get a chance to explore those, but there's tons more to do, but we're just talking about some of the highlights. All right, so up for me, a couple highlights. I would say the people and personalities across Istanbul. Very similar to New York City. There's a lot of characters there, but some real unique ones that we stumbled on in Istanbul. In Katakoi, one night I was just taking a walk around the area, and there's a lot of nightlife jumping around there, which was nice to see. But there was this drunk lady, and she had her own personal karaoke machine. She was wheeling it around with her, and she was just singing. So, I mean, it was just, I have a recording. We'll play it. We'll play it now. <laughs> It's just, it's amazing. This lady was hilarious. In the subway, when we finally got our card to transport around, mm -hmm. there was this guy playing this like lap harp. I think it's called a Kwanan, a Turkish harp that sits on your lap. What was cool is he had his case open for tips and there was a cat sleeping in the tip, like it's sleeping Hi. in the tip jar. And we threw some money in there and I have a recording of him. I'll post it on Instagram or on our site. It was just really chill and interesting to just sit and watch we did see some cats, but not as much as where we were in Ishmael. We were also there for less time in some busier parts. So if you know any cats, they're not going to be under everybody's foot. 
you're going to find some cats there if you really look. Yeah. And then I'll say another standout was just the parks in general. We stumbled in a bunch of small parks and large parks around Istanbul. So we did that, and it was a nice way to escape the heat of the city. But the city has a real personality to it. The streetcars are also a standout. I remember how I've never seen a streetcar so close to the front of a building. Like, you could walk out of a store, and literally, if you breathe a little too deep, be hit by a streetcar. I'm talking, like, literally, you could put your hand out the door of a shop and get hit by a streetcar. No, there was, making fun of the restaurant, that the table was so close. If you had your fork out too far, (laughs) the person on the streetcar could have took it from you. That's how close it was. I mean, there has to be injuries, like, every minute or something. I mean, it's just so unsafe, I thought. We were so careful when it started going by, but it was just interesting. So the place, I mean, it just has such a unique vibe to it. It's not to be missed. Don't miss Istanbul. Just, be, just Are walk, you glad you went? Your, yeah, absolutely. Glad we went. Yeah, it was cool. Good. Time for some Q&A. What did you like best about Shanakale and Istanbul, and what did you like the least? I like best, I would say, Shanakale as opposed to Istanbul. Not that Istanbul wasn't great, but I like the chill nature, Shanakali, and then the historical sites around it. It was also a little bit lower cost. And what's funny, we didn't, we've never talked about this in any of our episodes, but the medications in Turkey. We both take medication and it's about a hundred times less in Turkey and there's no paperwork required. One thing to note, if you do take medications that are quite expensive, you could probably pay for a ticket to Istanbul get out, buy your medications, fly back, and it's probably still less than buying your medications in the States. So just keep that in mind. Istanbul was very cool. I think I liked the quirkiness of Istanbul, the people, the personalities, some of the music in the streets and things. So that's what I liked best about uh, What was Istanbul. best about Shonakale? Just how relaxed it was, how oh. walkable by the water and the historical sites nearby. Okay. So it was just a great place to spend a week or two. Yeah. Shonakale, visiting Troy was the best I liked. It was something that I always thought about that what if I could visit there and it actually came true. And that's something that sparked my love of travel for a long time. And then for Istanbul, Top Copy Palace was amazing. And I would go there again and again. Yeah, I would second that. I mean, that probably one of my favorite out of Volshanakali in Istanbul was this palace, Topakali, Topakai, how do you say it? Top Copy. Top Copy Palace. I think it was my favorite, even though I can't pronounce it. Okay. It's really cool. And your least? Did you mention your least? I mean, the transit system in Istanbul is, and it's horrible. <laughs> it's cash only. You have to have a certain denomination. There's no one there to help you. The machines will spit out even clean, crisp, small bills. I think it was just random, the bills that it would accept. And then there's no translation on the machine, or if it was, it wasn't accurate. It was horrible. Just know that going into that. Maybe get someone from your hotel to sell you a transit card. I don't even know if that's yeah. possible. I think if you're in a tourist area, you might find an easier way. It's just where we were. It was horrible. <laughs> it was a, we've got through this. I'm like, if you need an Istanbul card and you're going, you can reach out to us. We'll give you ours so you won't have except, to buy another one. Except credit cards in Istanbul transit. It would save everyone a lot of time. All right. My least favorite was I really did miss the food option in Izmir. I think... Istanbul and Shanakali, it was okay, but it wasn't something I was going, oh, I wish they had something like they had in Ishmir here, and I didn't find it in those areas. Yeah, we really didn't find any amazing. The smimit, the bagel, was probably the one thing I really liked. Again, I kept on eating the brownie intense. 
but there was nothing. Yeah, it, the food was a little bit, it was real touristy and hard to find something decent, at least when we were there. Would you plan to return? And if yes, what else would you like to do and or see? For me, it's a once in a lifetime destination for both of these areas. I really like them. Probably wouldn't return right away because I do think there's other cities in Turkey to see. Depending on the flight and routes, I could see it as a crossroads destination. Maybe you'd stay a night or two in Istanbul and then move forward to your next destination. For me, I wouldn't mind visiting. Like you mentioned, you can get cheap flights to Istanbul from most areas in Europe and from most areas in the U.S. or wherever in the world. So it's such a center point of that more than likely you're going to be there, so spend a day or two there. Now, would I visit Topkapi Palace again? Absolutely. I would actually like to visit some of those islands outside of Istanbul mm -hmm. and go more deeper into the Asian side. I felt like there was a lot more to offer there. Turkey is large, and we stuck mostly to the coast that there's tons to even see that we didn't crack the surface for. And to put it in context, too, we were in Turkey for a little over a month. This was our last few days of the month. So there does come a point when you're like, all right, let's move on to the next country, which we will. So there was a little bit of burnout, I think, towards the end in one location. It for wasn't me. a brownie tent burnout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there wasn't, well, and then we had so many like nice connections in Izmir with the cats and things. So that was nice. So this was a little bit impersonal being such a large city. We knew that and we've been to so many large cities. So I think we were just ready to move forward at the end too. Yeah. And I was to say happy 100th year to Turkey, actually, who will celebrate in 2023 their 100th year as a republic. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Wrapping it up, what have we learned today? Myths and legends can sometimes be visited in the real world. Never give up on making your imagination a reality. Bigger is not always better. Spending some time in smaller cities away from the main hub can be very rewarding. In tourist hotspots such as Istanbul, stay outside the city for better bargains. We liked Katakoy on the Asian side of the continent. Getting low-cost medications in Turkey is worth the money and quality is the same. It saved hundreds and hundreds of dollars for us. Make sure you have small bills for the public transport. Cards are not widely accepted. Our next city and country is Sofia, Bulgaria, where we took the night train from Istanbul and had a great experience. We'll tell you about it on our next show. Remember... Our goal is to educate and inspire you to take your next adventure near or far. So what are you waiting for? Thank you for tuning in to Live Let Rome. Visit our website for more to see and read at liveletrome.com. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Simply search Live Let Rome. Our podcast is free wherever you listen. Be sure to subscribe. To support Live Let Rome, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Feel free to drop us an email at liveletrome at gmail.com and include your show questions, recommendations, or to share your travel adventures. So until next time, get out and roam.